What's up, yo, this is 50 Cent. What's up, y'all, I'm Beyonce. What's going on, it's your boy Drizzy Drake, and you are now rocking with my homie. The Crystal Show. Show. You are right where you want to be. It's your browser on a skip with IE, Firefox, Chrome, Safari. Get on it. Get on the Crystal Show right now. I am Crystal Hickerson, and I would like to welcome you all to the Crystal Show. There's too many free meals out here, folks. Hey, look, let me pick something. I want the cheddar biscuits. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's going to be cool. It's going to be nice. We're going to talk. We're going to get real down and dirty. Hi, guys. My name's Bessie. You're on the Crystal Show. Yeah, I didn't call for you to make fun of me. I, 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 I was not, problem. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you and a little bit at you. People say, well, don't talk about religion and politics. I say, right. yes, talk about it. Talk about it. Because what do you want to go to a boring cocktail party? <laughs> I don't like her. I mean, how how old are we? What grade are we in? One man, American crime wave. Because the feds knew. Y'all might have to come back, and that's going to be a whole different show altogether. That's what I'm talking about. I, 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 I. Make some noise. Alright, what's up everybody? This is Crystal and you are listening to the Crystal Show. It is Thursday night, nine PM Eastern Standard Time, December eleventh, and thank you so much for tuning in to the show. If you would like to call in or just listen to the show, but if you'd like to call in and talk about the many topics that we'll be talking about and get crystallized trending topics tonight, or talk to our guest, um, all you have to do is call in to 657-383-0554. That's 657-383-0554. To connect to us, um, to The Crystal Show, make sure that you like us on Facebook at The Crystal Show 1 and follow us on Twitter at Crystal Show 1. Also, you can join in on the live tweet chat at hashtag GetCrystallize. But for all of the information, including how to be a guest on the show, you must visit the official website, thecrystalshow.com. If you miss anything on the show, you can go to thecrystalshow.com and look at the previous guests that have been on the show, listen to their uh, interviews, listen to the show that they were on. Just go to their pages. They have their own pages on the on the website, you can check them out, go to their official page and, you know, download their music um, after you purchase, of course, and, um, you know, check them out because that's what we're all about here at The Crystal Show is um, featuring our wonderful artists and our um, wonderful experts and topics that we have on the show. Now, tonight we are hopefully, uh, welcoming in Ruben Wood on the show, owner of Spaced Out Magazine, also a very talented R&B artist, Jay Metro, and Memphis hip-hop artist, Big Biz MC. All right. But be first, first, before we get into all of that, I'd like to say, what up, my man, Dre? What's up, people? How are you? I know you're good because I'm good. You know why? Because you're here on the Crystal Show. You're listening live. So give us a call, 657-383-0554. I don't care what you're doing. Stop what you're doing. Dial the number. Press 1. Talk to us live because we want to hear from you. That's and right. 
one. And don't just hang Press out and one. lurk, lurk. You know, because I know some of you Press do that. One. I, I, you know, I've seen you. You I do just, that. And I just, <laughs> <laughs> just want to say also before we get started, I want to say I have to do this because I want to give a special shout out to my son Jacob. He is eight Aww. years old today. Today's his birthday. He's growing up. I love you, dude. I love you, buddy. I love you, love you, love you. Happy birthday. Aw, that's so sweet. He's eight years old, huh? Eight years old, man. Eight going on 50. <laughs> so what is he getting for Christmas? Oh, no. But, uh, but you know, <laughs> he and his brother will have some things they will enjoy. So, mm-hmm. you know, thank you. Know, and I got to give his mom a shout out because she, you know, she's a, She's a planner like that, so I give give her a shout out for being more prepared than I am. So, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So she's good. So yes, yeah, so everything's good, man. So happy birthday, buddy! I love you. Aw, that's so sweet. Say happy birthday. You know we have to, we have to, you know, applaud our black fathers. We do. Yes, we because, do. Yes, we do. You know, there is, you know, a lot of us think that, and I'm included. I'm included in that. I have a lot of prejudice against, you know, some black men. And um, it is thought, of course, on a wider scale that black men are not great fathers. They don't take care of their children. They're not there for them. They're, you know, but there are fathers who are there for their kids who are doing what they have to do and are celebrating them just like our man Dre. So Yeah, we you know, it we can't let whatever the the whatever the crap going on in the rest of the world, you know, deter us from being parents. I mean, bottom line. I mean, I know some of us aren't made of money and I know I'm not, I'll be the first to admit it. But, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to spend time with your kids, man, and, and just own up to the fact that you're a dad and you have to be an example and, you know, try to be the best example you can. I mean, you know, there's, you know, nobody's made of money. And I don't come from, I came from humble beginnings like a lot of people. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't, wow. you know, but I mean, you got to give, you got to give in order to get. So if you want to reap the benefits of having well productive citizens in the in the in the world and you have to give time in order to spend time with them to make sure that happens. So And you're right. You know, you do because, you know, when you're children, they are like little sponges. They they soak up everything. You know, everything. when you think you think they're not listening, they're listening. You know, they're listening, oh, they're paying yes, attention. They they're paying attention to what you're doing, what you're not doing. They're paying attention to how you treat people, um, the context of how you treat them, and they're soaking it all in. And this is their learning process. So I think everyone should definitely pay attention to that, whether you're a mom or dad or aunt or uncle or just um, someone who is a part of their life. You know, you're the boyfriend of mom, okay, <laughs> or the girlfriend of dad. You know, I right. mean, if you really don't want, and this is another show topic that we'll have in our new season in January, um, starting in January. But, you know, this if you don't want to be 
with a woman or a man who has a child, then that should be your deal breaker, and you should let them know immediately. As soon as you find out they have children, you should just move your ass on. Right. (laughs) Quite frankly. And um, because you are doing them a favor. I mean, they may not think of it at the time, but you are really doing them a favor. You're definitely doing the children a favor instead of just saying, oh, well, I'm just going to keep mom happy. So, you know, that's all good. You know, but you don't get, if you want to do that, you don't get to hang out in her house around her kids while you're just keeping (laughs) mom happy, sleeping in her bed and leaving Uh at, you know, 4 a.m. in the morning and thinking nobody noticed that shit. Yeah, reaping all the benefits. Nope. Nope, 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 not going to happen. I don't have – that's one thing I can honestly say. I mean, and, and I'm gonna, again, I'm going to give a shout-out to my ex-wife, you know. She doesn't have the revolving door. You know how we you know how we get when we first break up. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to see what I can get, you know. And, you know, she didn't have a revolving door when she moved on. Neither did I. So, right. you know, because I guess when you – I guess basically when you think about when you put your children in the picture, then I think you tend to think differently. So if it's all about you, then you can have as many doors as you want revolving around your whole place, and it's not going to make a difference. But if you take time and think about, okay, well, are my kids going to see this? Do I want my son or my daughter to see this side of me, like, right. in a not-so-great light? Then you think about yourself, so, okay, well, you know what? You might have to, like, not come tonight or not come at all, or I'll see you when I see you, that type of stuff, you know? Right. And, and like Crystal said, if if you are interested in somebody and – um, you know, and they and you find that they have one, two, three, five, ten, twenty children, then you have that decision to make at that point at the get go in the beginning. Say, you know what? Yeah, we we're cool. I'm a friend on you. We're cool. But yeah, that's as far as it's gonna go. And that goes for women too. I mean, if the, if the brother has or the man has like three or four running around, right. you got the option to go. You know what? I don't want to deal with that. Because, you know, exactly. some people want the baby mama drama or whatever. And at the same time, fellas, if you see the lady and she has one or ten children and you don't want to deal with that, then don't. But don't string people along and, you know, oh, God, I can go on and on about that. But anyway. <laughs> That's a topic that we definitely have to have on the show. And um, <laughs> because that's a good topic, you know, about. Yeah, it is. You know, about, you know, you getting involved with a single parent. Can you really deal with that? Whether you have right. kids or not, because just because you have kids doesn't mean that makes you a great candidate for a another single parent. You may not be that involved with your kids. You may just be sending your check, or you may not be involved at all. So that's something we're definitely going to explore um, later on, because that is something, you know, to be talked about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. Um, well, like I said, um, we have an entrepreneur, uh, Ruben Wood, who will be coming on to the show tonight. And I would like to say that I am totally bummed out about the fact that it is winter break for a lot of my shows. I have um, shows like that I watch all the time, and I know you're like, how do you have time to watch all this shit? You're, you, you know, you you work, you do your day job thing, you do your nighttime thing, which is the Crystal Show plus my many other projects that I'm involved in. But I 
find time somehow, um, by the magic of uh, DVR, to find time to watch Scandal, which is on winter break, um, How How to Get Away with Murder, um, which is on winter break, Nashville, which I actually love that freaking show. I love that show. Y'all should watch that. Because you live there. If you have no, no, if you haven't watched it, I say start from the beginning because no, it's drama filled. If you love drama and you love music, it will introduce you to music that you may not know that much about if you're an R and B person or whatever. Uh, Revenge, love that pure drama. Resurrection, oh, I want to see that. I've, I've never, uh, I think I've know, seen just a piece of that show. Omar Epps is amazing on that show. He's great. Um, and Forever, which I love, which is kind of a kind of a, a Sherlock Holmesy kind of thing. But anyway, they're all on a winter break right now, and they'll be back at some time in January, and then um, The Bachelor will be on. But anywho, uh, I you know I wanted to definitely just just express that. <laughs> that you know, so I guess. You know, with Christmas and everything, that's why they're kind of taking a break because of Christmas uh, specials and holidays and a few um, award shows that are coming up and different crap or whatever. So, well, but right now, okay. I tell you what, if you you're, you're complaining about winter break, at least one of your favorite shows is coming back. My show, Sons of Anarchy, ended on Tuesday night after seven years. The series finale happened last week. I, I am never so distraught. Yeah. I never. You have to watch Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. yeah From I the beginning, watched. it's on. It's on Netflix. So there's no excuse. So, okay. Think about the Godfather on motorcycles. Oh my God. Okay, I'm totally not okay. into motorcycles. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it, it's cool. It, it really is a good. It's a great show. I'm telling you, from the beginning to the end, it it keeps you. Glued, trust me. I mean, it's it's good. It's a good, mm-hmm. good, good show. It was a great show. Kurt Sutter, who was the uh, producer and created the show, was actually mm-hmm. a, a staff writer on The Shield, which I didn't know that until like Tuesday night, which I thought was pretty cool. So I got to start watching that now again on Netflix. Yeah, but, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into our guest. Our first guest. Uh, which is Ruben Wood, and he is a young business owner. Um, he is making his mark as um, he becomes the leader of young generation of entrepreneurs that have million-dollar success dreams. Uh, since the opening of his, he has a uh, magazine called Spaced Out Magazine, which opened in 2011. Um, he has made tremendous mark on the entertainment industry. And um, he is only 23 years old, which is so sad. So sad for me. Yeah. I mean, it just makes me feel horrible. But um, but it actually makes me feel good <laughs> uh, because we got young people who are who are doing their thing and they're out there doing their thing. So what's up, Ruben Wood? Welcome to the Christmas Christmas show. The Christmas show. <laughs> hey. Hey, how are you all doing? I'm glad that you could have me. Oh, you're very welcome, Ruben. Um, first of all, again, thank you for, for being able to come on to the show. And, yeah, it is kind of sad that you're 23 years old. That's very sad for me. No. Now, why is that sad for you? <laughs> no, I mean, I love it that, you you know, um, nowadays younger people are recognizing their dreams, have an opportunity 
to um, do what they need to do and the mindset. So what made you say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to open up my magazine called Spaced Out. You know, how was that for you um, in your thought process? Uh, well, it actually started uh, back in 2005. Mm-hmm. It was originally an idea for more so like a shoe catalog or something like that because at the time I was actually uh, selling clothes and shoes with my brother. So that's what Space Out Magazine was originally supposed to be um, six years later because I had mm-hmm. already began in the entertainment industry as an artist. Um, I actually turned the idea into a reality founding the Entertainment Business Magazine to help promote independent artists as well as, you know, mainstream and celebrities and so forth. So okay. uh, that's really how it got its start. Okay, and how did you or did you have much funding? How did you get much funding to begin this venture? Um, at the time, I didn't have any funding. Uh, basically, okay. with making a transition from being an artist to a media personality, uh, you know, I had a lot of bad and negative fans who were mad about the transition, as <laughs> well as also bad management who had kind of uh-huh. screwed me over when it came down to uh, a lot of my money anyway. So I really started this from the ground up. It, it just took off to where it's at now, uh, basically from hard work and just consistency. Now, see, that's amazing to me. That's amazing that you had the mind to do that at such a young age. So, guys listening, you know, there's no excuse. You know, you get to work, do it now. I think there was someone who said you do what is um, hardest when your life is easier, when you don't have a lot of the responsibilities, et cetera. So you do it now. You don't waste time. You know, um, now who were your mentors in life to get you to this point? Um, to be honest with you, I ain't never really have mentors and, and things of that nature because okay. most of the people that I looked up to, um, besides my father or my grandfather, um, you know, like the people in the industry that I was around, that I guess you would consider people that I looked up to, most of those mm-hmm. individuals kind of played me coy. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes the people that you look up to may not have your own best interests at heart. So I never really had a mentor. So it's kind of like you took your negative and you turned it into your own positive. Yeah, basically. Okay. Well, what would you say would be the hardest thing for you in launching a magazine? Um, The hardest thing was putting out our first issue because okay. it was very hard to get in advertisers, uh, mm-hmm. you know, different people to really be featured from the ind- independent uh, market as well as the mainstream market because being that new magazine, people kind of looked at me sideways like, why are you doing that? Because you're, right. you know, an, an artist, basically. Mm-hmm. They were saying, like, you make, make more money uh, producing music or, you know, making music and, and getting it on the radio or something like that, but... This is the lane that I chose to be in, and, um, yeah, that was really the hardest hardest part, just getting the support. Well, let's ask that question then. Why did you choose to go from being an artist or going down that path 
to opening your own uh, magazine? Why did you choose to do that as opposed to the other? Well, after being in the uh, entertainment industry for, because I actually was an artist from like 2009 onward uh, officially, and basically being in the entertainment industry, I learned the business side of things mm-hmm. as well as the, uh, I guess you could say the talent side of things. And the business side is where you make your money at. The talent side is just for show, basically. Um, So a lot of times where you have people nowadays who screw independent artists over and things, Mm -hmm. they couldn't do that with me after a certain point. So that's really why I chose to do that, so I could help other independent artists. Because, you know, there's a lot of independent artists who get jacked for their money because they think they're paying for something or they think they're getting something from this person or that person, and indeed they're not. Because I just had a guy who uh, called me today who was asking me about uh, some consultation and everything because mm-hmm. he had an individual who's well-known in the industry who tried to jack him for some money. I'm not going to put the name out of anything like that, but, uh, you know, it's very interesting as to how many independent artists do get ripped off, and this is the reason why they're not coming to the legitimate connects or the people who can't help them. So they they need to learn the actual business of entertainment, and we hear that so much that um, people getting started in the music industry do get you know played, they get um, ridiculed, they also you know they get taken advantage of. Because they don't know the business side, they just—they're just thinking as an artist, and they're not thinking as a as a business person. Correct. Right. Uh huh. Okay. Now you also have a radio and TV station. You can tell us about that. Yes, I also. Have, yeah, I also have Space Time Magazine Radio. Um, we just okay. officially launched a website and everything. Uh, the weather new website that is. Uh, mm-hmm. We're actually about to probably hit 5 million listeners within the next two weeks for that. Um, wow. We're currently picking up, yeah, we're currently uh, picking up different DJs and hosts, you know, for different segments on the show for daily rotation mm-hmm. and, and things of that nature, as well as currently still accepting uh, independent artist music as well as ma- major mainstream music as well. Um, we are a licensed station uh, because it's ran through uh, radionomy, so... You know, it's licensed through ASCAP, BMI, and all of that stuff, as well as Sound Exchange and uh, I think it's CSAC. So, yeah. And then on the side of uh, Space Time Magazine TV, we also recently just launched that website as well, and we'll be having a full show stream in January. Now, we're finalizing our deals and everything for our full distribution of all content across the board from Netflix to Hulu, uh, on demand with Verizon. So we have a lot of a lot of stuff in the works. You got a lot that's that's an understatement, bro. That's an understatement, dude. You are making serious moves right now. Jeez, that is amazing, bro. That's that's cool. That's a good look, man. I appreciate that. So how did you were how were you able to take your business from you know just the the thought process of okay I'm going to go into magazine I'm going to do you know, branch out into radio and TV take it to that next level how were you able to do that 
Um, well, it was a lot of uh, persistent, persistentness, if that's a word, and uh, being so driven. Because mm-hmm. not only do I have the magazine, the television, and the radio station, because I think that's all part of media and very key, but uh, I also do a lot of marketing for, you know, different artists, whether they're mainstream or independent, uh, also different celebrities or brands. Um, you know, I have several different clients that I do marketing for as well as public relations and press and things of that nature. So uh, with me, it's, it's completely media. You know, it's, it's not okay. just one-sided when it comes down to, you know, I'm the owner of Space Style Magazine. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really just a complete all-around person who does everything that involves media. Okay, that's great. All right, now recently you were at the BET Hip Hop Awards in 2014. How exciting was that to walk amongst uh, many of those celebrities? Um, it was actually great, and then I also had uh, kind of a bad moment with two chains, Uh-oh. but it was all Uh-oh. good. Let's talk about that. Not two <laughs> What happened with so, two chains? <laughs> well, while I was actually doing uh, filming and everything, and we was getting several different interviews um, and, and different drops, two chains came up because I was right next to the guy from World Star, and also I was next to uh, Jack Thriller. Which okay. Is, you know, he we have real cool peoples and everything, but I don't know if y'all know he had beef with two chains. So we Uh-oh. were actually calling chains over, and you know my camera's sitting right there. And <laughs> I don't know if y'all seen two chains in person, but he's you know he's a real tall, lanky. Yeah, he's a dude, tall guy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, so he, he came over, and uh, <laughs> he was trying to tap up old buddy from from World Star, and he about broke my camera, and I was looking at, it, I was like, you know, hey man, what's good? <laughs> so um, I was looking at him sideways for the rest of the you know, uh, afternoon and everything, but it was all good because he walked off. But, yeah, <laughs> very interesting story. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, hey, two chains, you know, forget about it. Yeah, he is an opposing figure. He's he's tall, and he's actually, what's funny about that is, and I know, I'm sure you've noticed, Ruben, it's like, you know, in the in- entertainment industry, you find a lot of, um, uh, I would say height challenged uh, people. So <laughs> when you see someone like Two Chains amongst the crowd, it's like, whoa. <laughs> you know? uh, okay. Um, so now, who has been the most exciting person that you have met and interviewed uh, so far in your in your time? Um, I would say probably two of the most exciting people that I interviewed was uh, T-Boz from TLC and Charlie Baltimore because, you know, I was born in 91, so listening to their music back then and being able to have a chance to actually interview them and have a personal conversation with them, I think it was really dope. Um, but also it was it was like some of the pinnacle pinnacles of my career because I know a lot of people in the entertainment industry like uh, I actually know them personally from when I yeah. was an artist so uh, uh-huh. yeah, I just I think that right there was definitely cool yeah oh. okay well I know one thing um, it's amazing to talk to someone like yourself who is 
making it happen um, in your field, who is still young and a long way to go, what could be your advice to young people like yourself, um, people who want to be entrepreneurs, people who just want to do whatever they want to do in their life, what could you um, give to them, what little nuggets that you've learned over the years to um, inspire them? Um, the best thing that I can say is invest in yourself. And if you got somebody telling you what you can't do, don't even listen to them. Because they don't control what you can or cannot do. Right. You know, only you do. Exactly. That's good words. Good words. Yeah, invest in yourself. That's absolutely true. Because a lot of times we don't. We invest in other people. We invest in other entrepreneurs. We buy their stuff. <laughs> and um, we don't invest in what we want and what we really want. And sometimes that means, you know, not being grandiose or whatever for a while, just, you know, flying under the radar and doing what you have to do, doing the work, which is usually not glamorous. It's just work. That's why they call it work, <laughs> people. All right. Well, um, tell us where we can find Space Out Magazine and where we can find you, your radio show, and you said that you have uh, your radio show that will be uh, opening up in January. Tell us where we can uh, hook on to that. Um, yeah, you can actually go to spacedoutmagazine.com for all of that information, and that's S-P-A-C-E-D-O-U-T, magazine.com. It'll actually have the link to SOM TV as well as SOM Radio. And, um, you know, it also has the links to the Facebook pages, the Twitter feeds, and all of that as well. And also, um, my artist, Jay Metro, he got a lot of stuff that's about to come out as well. Uh, he's distributed through The Orchard and Sony. He got a new single, Bodyguard. So make sure you, you know, if you're tuning in right now, make sure you look out for that as well. All right. Well, that's a wonderful segue because I believe he's coming up next. <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk to him about um, his song and everything. But first of all, I would like to say thank you so much, Ruben Wood, for coming on to the Crystal Show. We really appreciate it. You are definitely an inspiration for many people, whether you're young or old or whatever. You want to do your thing. This is the example you want to look for. So thank you, Ruben. All right. Thank you for having me again. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you. Ruben Wood, everybody. All right. Thank you again. Well, we would say that this is a person who is about to blow up, but he is... For real, already blown up. Oh, that is sweet. Love the fact that, you know, young people are getting out there and they're doing their thing and surpassing you old people. So what's your excuse? Right, you don't have none, so we're moving on. I have no You know what? And I got to say that, you know, and the fact that this man is, was born in 1991, like, I just put my head down and cried. Because I'm like, I, I remember know. what I was doing so, in 91. Okay. I'm like, I'm loving this dude, born in 91, and, you know, making so many moves in the industry right now and just making a name for himself and, and helping on other artists. And and he's got his brand on tact and intact and, and everything, and that's really cool. And this is a, a young brother that's, you know, has a long way to go still. 
He's just starting out. So, I mean, gee. Exactly. I, I love just it. I love it. Proud of you, bro. All right. Now, um, Ruben did a very nice segue <laughs> for um, Jay Metro, who um, is also – um, you know, partnering with uh, Spaced Out Magazine, as he said, it was one of his artists. And we would like to definitely welcome on Jay Metro to the Crystal Show. Hello, Jay. Hello. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I am great. I am great. I am talking to you live from the gas lamp in Houston, Texas, where me and my band are about to set up to rock the house tonight. All right. Woo. All right. Nice. Like to hear. <laughs> okay, well, we we definitely won't keep you too long because we want you to get going. But uh, first of all, I would like to say I listened to your music, I watched your videos, and oh my God, you are amazing. I just oh, thank that. you. I appreciate that very much. Now, are you wow. excited? Are you excited about the fact that I was reading that Frosty may actually have a Grammy nod? What What do you think? <laughs> Uh, that was extremely exciting for me when I found that out. This was my first year being involved in any way with the Academy, the Recording Arts Academy. And Frosty, my song that I released, was a seasonal song, just a single last year. And I released it, and for them to accept it and put it on the first round of ballots, um, when I got that news that it was going to be on the ballot, I think uh, my voice changed, and I was walking around talking like Miss Chalet for about three hours. <laughs> It was just like way high up in the rafters. Um, it was just extremely exciting. And then when the ballot actually got mailed to my house and I saw, you know, one of my works being considered for a Grammy, um, it's one of those moments that you'll cherish. And I'll just cherish and remember it for the rest of my life. Wow. And it will only it is... be surpassed by the moment that will be when I win the Grammy in the future. <laughs> right. You can say, thank you to the Crystal Show. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Because we'll yes. definitely be watching. I watch every single year. I love the Grammys and I love watching the Oscars and all that. So um, we hope to see you up there. Now, uh, how do you, when do you find out if it's actually going to be there, or do you, how does that work? I found out on the fifth of December. Actually, the first round of ballots were done, and I am unfortunately not uh, an, a Grammy nominee. However, it's such an honor, especially for me as an independent artist, just to be considered, you know, that right. I still tell people, I'll walk around, I'll carry it like a flag, hey, consider for a Grammy, check me out, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, because, you know, when you are, uh, when you win the Grammy or you win the Oscars, they always preface your name, Grammy nominated right. or Grammy winner, uh, they should have thought about being a Grammy and considered being a Grammy. <laughs> Grammy exactly. artist. Yes! But it's great just being just being considered this year. I got invited to and I'm still getting invited to all of the Grammy parties. I'm actually going to go to the Grammys. I'm going to try to walk the red carpet. We'll see if they'll let me on. Um, I went to a Grammy party actually just last night. I traveled to Austin, Texas for the Texas Chapters uh, Grammy party and met a lot of people there, had a really great time. The Grammy people know how to party. They know how to put on a party. <laughs> well, they've been at it a long time. Yeah, they think they've perfected it by now. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully, one sure. more thing. Well, Absolutely, I would yep. like to say, 
how would you classify your music? Now, I know they call you R&B, but I don't know. I think you're more than that. I think you're like a pop star. You get, get Your music is, is a little different than just R&B. Not that just R&B isn't good, so don't write me letters, people. But um, <laughs> but um, how, would, how would you classify your music? My music is a buffet of edible deliciousness. I just want to feed you something easy wow. to eat that's going to feel good on your soul, you know? <laughs> so I, I, like I write music. I write music in all types of genres, you know? So if you like rock, I got some rock songs for you. If you like spoken word poetry, I have some of that for you. If you like jazz, pop, R&B, I have all of it for you because when I write, I don't write in a box or in a genre. As a song comes to me, I let that song develop the way that it feels natural for that song. On, so on an individual basis, if you listen to one song, like, for example, Bodyguard, you would say, yeah. okay, yeah, he's definitely an R&B slash pop artist. But if you go back and listen to some of my other work, you'll say something completely different. But you'll love it mm-hmm. just the same or more. Well, um, Jay, I would just like to say that um, I will be watching you. I will be listening for you because I know I am already a fan, and I – you know, you. I want to hear more of you, and I and I can't wait for the more stuff that you do because, you know, I, it's yeah, I'm a fan. I think you're amazing, and um, <laughs> I want to I want to see if you can do a couple of things for us before we introduce your song Bodyguard, which we're going to get into and jam on in just a few seconds. Um, okay. I want to know if you wouldn't mind doing a drop for the Crystal Show. You know, just saying, you know, hey, I'm J Metro, and you're listening to the Crystal Show. Of course. I'm Jay Metro. You've tuned in to The Crystal Show. Make sure you tune in on every episode right here on Blog Talk Radio. All right. Now, uh, nice. tell us about, tell us about uh, Bodyguard and, and where they came about, how they come about for you. <laughs> Bodyguard is an interesting song for me. It was actually a song that surprised me because it was never meant to be written. I um, I was in the middle of wrapping up my EP, um, which I'm planning to release at some point in the upcoming year, and Bodyguard was not on it. I was finishing up that album, and it's a song that just came to me. And I couldn't put it with that album because it just it didn't fit musically. It was a different sound. It was something unique to itself. Um, but ultimately, what happened was I was at a bar one night. I was out hanging out with some friends, and um, I, I noticed a lot of people at the bar after they get a few drinks and start feeling good about themselves, you know, they become more sociable. And, uh-huh. you know, the guys look girls and the girls look at the guys or whatever, and they're all just having a good time. And what I noticed the most was that the people who were being spoken to the most, both guys being coming up to by women and women being approached by men, the ones who were being approached the most were the ones who were by themselves. They didn't have okay. a whole entourage with them. So I wrote a song, and um, I wrote a song for all of those people in the entourage and called them bodyguards, you know. I think yeah. in the day, back in the day, they would have less um, <laughs> less user-friendly terms for them, you know, things like booty blockers <laughs> or cock blockers, things like that. But I'm calling them bodyguards. I had to make it safe for the kids, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the purse holders. <laughs> nah, yeah, okay, yeah, the purse holders. There you go. Right. Absolutely. All right, well, thank, thank you so much, Jay Metro, for coming on to the show. We really appreciate it. And um, I know you got to get back to work and get going. Um, oh, yeah, but... we're about to tear the house down at Gas Lab. It's about to be on. <laughs> 
All right, and you're in uh, Texas right now? Yes, I'm in Houston, Texas. All right, guys, you're in Houston, Texas. You need to get off of listening to me, but take me with you on your phone. And uh, <laughs> and head over to Gaslight and uh, listen to Jay Metro and the, and, the, and the guys, man. All right, well, we are going to get into Bodyguard by Jay Metro. Thanks again so much for coming on to the show, Jay. Thank you for having me. I've appreciated it and enjoyed the time. All right. Game for everybody. And here is Bodyguard.
That is nice. Bodyguard by Jay Metro. That was really cool. Two great interviews tonight, but we will be right back with yet another interview. So hold on. Hey, this is Dre, and you're listening to The Crystal Show. We'll be right back. No, no, really, we'll be back. from Memphis, Tennessee. You know, that's my hometown area. So, what's up, Big Biz? Man, nothing, nothing. Just a squirrel in your world. What's going on? <laughs> oh, hey, everything is great. I hear that, okay, you're from Memphis, Tennessee. Now, we've had other artists on the show that are from uh, Tennessee. Now, do you consider yourself like a southern rapper or or does it matter? I'm, I consider myself more of a freelance. Of course, being from the South, you know, most of my scheme are, could be considered from the South, but, you know, I dwell in other areas. Who would you account to be, like, your your people that you, you look towards to help you, to motivate you as far as other rappers out there today? For me, Tech Nine is one of a, is a big influence just because of his independent hustle. Lyrically, I look like of Nas and Eminem, Jay-Z, you know, a lot of lyrical cats. And um, the guys who paved the way for the South, you know, Ghetto Boys, Ludacris, K. Reno, guys like that all over the South that just put the South on the map. So do you aspire to be like, you know, those cats who have been in the business for a long time? Is this like your goal to be uh, rapping for a long time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I want... When when people consider the greatest who ever touched the mic or blessed the stage, I want my name to be brought up in them those talks, you know. So I want to be doing this for a while, you know. I love this. This is my art. This is my craft. I love this stuff. Now, would you consider yourself a lyricist? Of course, I consider myself a lyricist. I like to dabble in multiple entendres on top of each other. So yeah, I consider myself a huge lyricist. So right. when you're writing. Um, where do you draw a lot of your um, ideas from? How I'm, how I'm feeling at the moment, and um, it compounds on personal influences and, you know, personal things that I went through in my life. I'll take a rhyme, and I'll write it out, and then all of a sudden, the emotion, it starts kicking in, and that's when everything starts getting more complex, and, and I start adding on top of adding on top of adding on top of everything. So, you know, when I first go through the when I first go through the process it's it's very cut and dry. But by the time I'm done writing a verse I have verses on side of the panel, on top, on a different sheet. So when I write around people can look at it and they they won't know what's going on, but I can see it and I'm able to flow perfectly from it. So we're 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 talking to a true artist, right? Right, right, yeah. <laughs> but I always felt that southern rappers have more of the <clears throat> traditional style of rap, they have more of a, a casual style, and it's it's more it's fun, you know. Right. It's- well, when it like I put it this way, we we tend to ride the beat more so than you would say up north, like mm-hmm. uh, or east coast, west coast. We'll we'll tend to ride the beat, and we want to swag it out and lay back with it. So I, I see where you're coming from, and I understand that, and you know, tie, coincide that with the bass lines and something a simple hook you know it can be catchy real quick right so i i 
I respect that. I respect that, yeah. You know, I Not love yet. all the other guys, you know, whatever. And, I, of course, I love my Detroit. I love Eminem. And, you know, he's definitely oh, yeah. good. I lo- you know. Royce the 5'9 and all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And um, Big Sean, I even love him. His new stuff coming out. He has my favorite little theme song out right now. Oh, I, oh, I don't man. fuck with you. I love that. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always rocking that. But So tell us about what's going on with you and where are you. Where you where can you be seen and um, where can we find you? Anywhere in Memphis, any studio in Memphis. Anytime mm-hmm. somebody, any one of the underground cats around here got like a video shoot, I'll be there. Uh, got a show coming up with a bunch of the underground cats next Saturday. I'll be rapping in Justice, uh, a couple other tracks, King, I'm a Star, and a bunch of other stuff going on. But pretty much anywhere in Memphis, Louisiana, Little Rock, you know, I'll be in and out of Atlanta every once in a while. Light up the stage on December 19th at 8 p.m. at Bellagio. <laughs> it's hosted by Ray Love. We're going to have me. We're going to have my boy Fly Guy in, uh, Blazing. We got Oop. We're going to have a lot of a lot of underground cats coming out there. We're going to have a lot of DJs, a lot of producers. I Heart Memphis is going to come through. You know, it's right. gonna, it's gonna, We're going to do a real big for the underground cats now here. Okay. So that's Saturday, um, December when? 19th. December 19th. Make sure you're there, and that's in Memphis. Saturday night, that's where you should be. Okay. Of course. All right, so tell us where we can find you on the web, your social media, so we can check you out. Uh, okay. Uh, well, of course, I'll be on I'm SoundCloud, B-I-Z oh. underscore Crown Print. I upload most of my music on there before I post it anywhere else. You can cop Injustice off of iTunes right now. Be busy on Injustice. Cop that right now. Website is mindabiz B-I-Z, dot com. Okay. My Instagram is mindabiz. Twitter is biz b i z z. The number six with words, and I'm I'm all over that. So you know you can catch me anywhere like that. You add me. Rappers, producers want to network. Just hit me, shoot me some email. Biz uh mc at gmail dot com, and we can work. All right, all right. So we'll make sure we get that out there. We put it on the site, and we'll you know. We will definitely rep you, and so you can um, get some more followers, get some listeners, get some buyers. <laughs> All right, and of we definitely course, get some people course. out there and some fans, man. That's what we got to get. All right, so uh, tell us about the song we're about to get into, which is Injustice. Injustice, it came about me just fiddle-faddling around on a, on a beat pad. So I say fiddle-faddle because I'm country. So <laughs> I was messing around on a beat pad. And I just made the beat, and I just started thinking about having foreplay. The entire song is basically foreshadowing foreplay with my wife or my girl or whatnot. You know, okay. what I'm so it's it's very it's very sensual and sexual. You know, lyrics are there. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But you know, I kind of swagged it out a little bit more than I would normally. So, so where did the term injustice come from? <laughs> I'm like, okay, foreplay—that's injustice. <laughs> <laughs> nah, well, the term injustice came from, it'll be an injustice, you know what I'm saying, for me not to, you know, for you not to let me kind of do what I do, you know, basically. Oh, okay. The way you right. rocking and bouncing around and stuff, it'd be an injustice for me not to, you know, knock them boots. All right, I got you on that. All right. <laughs> okay, now I get it. Now I get it. All right, well, cool. All right, everybody, we are going to get in Big Biz, the MC, and we're going to listen to Injustice. All right, here we go. Yeah. Bass drop, beat drop, panties drop, shit. Old girl with new pearls and a fresh weave, wrinkle sleeve, stripper class, plus a robe, got a body right. Better I know this. 
focus before I lose control and give a kiss. Can't touch that, but I respect your art. Better than your counterpart. Tax money on this countertop. Keep it going till this song stops. Song stops. No trick. She gon' keep going till I get a treat. I'm coming back every day of the week. I'm a cup, yeah. She gon' get this me. Sorry if I'm acting rude. I just threw my whole paycheck at you. Got hazel eyes and creamy skin. I'ma follow your ass. She gon' see me again. Crazy shit. She ain't seen that yet. Pop pills, my medicine. Hold me down for my injections, bitch. Hit me again, Dr. Queen. Trippin' for the kicks, 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 kicks Follow all the kids, 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 kids Girl, you better dance trick, 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 trick You better not trip, 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 trip Follow all my kids, 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 kids Girl, it's just injustice, this, 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 Yeah, you know I'm trippin' on blurry vision You know that I'm on a mission Lookin' for a stroker that's gon' let me stroke her Third lick gonna choke her, swallow double helix Yeah, she gonna get it, beat it up, beat it up Then she squirt it on the ceiling, whoa Good sex, my ammunition, twin clips, that's double vision Drinking all type of mixed signals, blow the whistle, you so official You a free agent, just cap space, your current nigga, let's backspace Control, alt, delete, cause you freaking with me I toss you out, but I'm a nice guy We could give a relationship a pre-try Let me tell you about my stripper chick She plenty dick with hella kids She ain't got no choice to be cool with Now get your ass up and dance trick Yeah, I gotta have it And yeah, I am a savage
what do you mean injustice? I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> then he explained that shit to me. He said, after all that shit, after all that ass in my face, <laughs> and you ain't gonna give me none? What? <laughs> injustice. <laughs> so I had to go, yeah, you're right. All right. <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> All right, well, you know, great artists that we had on tonight. And um, I think, um, you know, first of all, with Ruben Wood, I'm so glad that he was able to come on tonight um, with his magazine, SOM, which is uh, Space Out Magazine, and doing big things, big things. So that's cool, that's cool. Very, very proud of of him at the age of 23, so I think I will give his article to my um, my kids and go, huh, 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 huh? Okay. Huh? What? what? You too can do this. <laughs> oh, God. No, no. My daughter, she's doing her thing. Um, she has a magazine herself that's um, starting called Top Floor. So I'm going to rep her. So, uh, yeah, she's out doing big things, doing um, artist interviews, and so she's trying to make her thing work. So um, give it up to our young people. You know, we hear about our oh, young yeah. people all the, all the time, you know, who are like, oh, they're just nothing in this society. They want it now. But wanting it now could be good if you were willing to work right now. <laughs> and, you got to work. You got to go gotta for do. it. You got to do it. You got to work. Yeah. I mean, you do. Seriously. And there's no there's no halfway. There's no, you know, no halfway to to the prize. You know, you got to go up those stairs and, and work at it. And um you have to do the things that you may not want to do. You have to bully yourself as Eminem says. You have to bully yourself to make yourself do what you don't want to do, and um, to get the job done. I mean, that's just that's that's period, you know. And you know, we even you know, me and Dre, like you know, we've said many times on the show that people think we just sit down at a at, at sit down in our chair, and all of a sudden this shit just happens. It don't just happen. <laughs> and all of a sudden, magical. Right, it's not magical. People just call in. It's like, oh, boom. Hey, 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 how are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, hey, I'm, I'm opening up a magazine. No! That don't just happen. Right, this don't just happen. These people just don't all of a sudden say, I have nothing else better to do tonight. I think I'll call up a radio show. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, unless you're 50 Cent, he does that from time to time on major shows. It's so hilarious. But, um, but you know, he hasn't called me yet. Um, Curtis, why haven't you called me? What's up with that? But anyway, we won't talk yeah, about that. Yeah, get, on the, get on the phone, brother. <laughs> that would be great. But anyway, yeah, you have to do the work, people. Whether Whatever it is, whether it's entertainment, whether it's your 9 to 5, because, you know, whether it's, well, hell, 9 to 5. If you're working nine to five, I'm just going to say this, and I'm going to move on to get crystallized topics. But if you if you are literally working nine to five, I mean that's your main job, that's what you aspire to do. Um, then you ain't working hard enough, <laughs> quite frankly, because if you want to move up in whatever position that is, from you know 
sweeping the floor to head fry cook to cleaning lettuce, okay? And that's when the big bucks start coming in. You know, <laughs> whatever it is, you got to work more than just eight hours a day. You know, you got to work yeah, 12, do. 20. You got to, you know, you got to be willing to give what the other person isn't willing to give. That's how you make you know, make it from this level to that level to that level to that level. You have to you have to be thinking about that shit all the time. So you're really working 24 hours a day because even when you're at home, you're thinking about it. You're working and you're thinking about it. So there it is. That's all I have to say. That's that's my soapbox for tonight. <laughs> well, that's one of them. I'm sure I'm, I'm about to get on some more shit. You know, when we get into our topics. Like, Let's get into our topics right now. First of all, we're going to start off with a very, oh, my God, very sad topic. Murder, suicide, if that's not the saddest, uh, of rapper Earl Hayes um, and wife Stephanie Mosley, who was on the hit show, hit the floor, and it's a series. Now, first of all, I just want to say this before I go any further. Hit the floor is not a reality TV show, people. I've been seeing this. That this is a reality TV star, Stephanie Mosley. She was not a reality TV star. She was on. She was an actress on a real, actual, scripted. It's not even scripted. It was an actual drama series. It still is. I mean, it's had I think two um, two seasons, and it's coming into its third season next year. So. Um, it's a major show. I mean, it's, it's on VH1, and maybe that's why they confused it with all the other reality TV shows on VH1. They just <laughs> I assumed was just that it was that's probably the reason why. Right? They just assumed it was a reality TV show, but it's not. It's a it's a series, a drama series. So anyway, um, I just want to say that because I'm a fan of the show. Um, but uh, Earl Hayes, you know, and I know you guys have heard about this. He, what happened was, he um, he was with his wife. Now, they've been together for about five years. They were married, I believe. And, uh, well, they were married, but, um, uh, so, they separated a few, about a year or whatever ago or, or less. And they separated, or two years ago they separated, and it was rumored now she's a very beautiful girl. She was a very beautiful girl. She was a dancer, and that was her profession actually, is being a dancer, um, professional dancer. And she also, um, you know, started into acting and things like that. She had been a backup dancer for many very famous people, including Chris Brown, Trey Songs, um, Usher, and. She was rumored to have had an affair. Well, not really an affair because they were separated at the time. But anyway, she was sleeping with um, Trey Songs, which... Oh, wow. Yeah, Trey Songs is, like, ridiculously hot. Okay, he's, like, stupid. <laughs> okay, yeah, he's, like, he's like, wow. I mean, not only just, you know, his looks, which is, you know... Nice, but um, also his, <laughs> you know, but his songs. I mean, he's like this very sexual, powerful being, you know. I mean, he got the songs, he got the looks, he got the, you know, the whole swagger thing happening. But anyway, that's from the outside. 
okay, that you see. So think about that as a um, as a husband, <laughs> even though they're separated, you know, knowing that you're very, very, very gorgeous. She was very beautiful wife. <laughs> and he wasn't, a, you know, you know, Earl was no slob. I mean, he was, um, you know, he was attractive. Um, not, you know, maybe not Trey Song's attractive, but he was attractive. You know, he didn't have the glitz. Well, you know, he wasn't Trey Song's. He didn't have the glitz and the glamour of these guys. You know what I'm saying? Um, he was a um a rapper, but you know, he, he wasn't Fifty Cent, so we didn't know that much about him. And you know, but he was, you know, I guess trying to get his thing going and everything. Um, mm-hmm. but anyway, mm-hmm. um, he um. He had found out, they got back together, okay? She had even told her family just a week before that they were happy, they were working things out, and she was very, very optimistic about their chances of making their marriage work. Um, So, you know, it wasn't like, you know, they they, they were working at it. And, you know, and like any marriage, you know, you, you have your ups and downs, and I know you know more than than I do. I'm, mainly, I have downs in marriage. I don't didn't have that many ups. But, um, <laughs> you know, it wasn't a trampoline in my marriage. It was like trampoline, ground. <laughs> kind of a thing. <laughs> you know, I, I missed the side. I, I bounced off the side, and boom, right back on the grass. <laughs> That's the visual I want you to have for my marriage. But, um <laughs> You know, in normal marriages and, you know, people who actually have successful or at least uh, tried, you know, at their marriages, you know, you have your ups and downs. So they had uh, a down, but they went back up um, and they got back together and everything. So, however, now they're saying that possibly, well, they're saying that, well, definitely, um, uh, Floyd Mayweather was on the line with her, with him. Because they were acquaintances and friends or whatever, and um, he was talking to him on the phone, and apparently, from the way I read it, Floyd just kind of told him or talked about, or I don't know if he was like saying to Earl or Earl was saying to him, I don't know which way the conversation was going, but that, you know, she was still cheating on him or whatever, and not good. Yeah, yeah, and but friends of his of Earl's uh and them were saying that um you know, that they were that he never really got over that fact of her, of her being, you know, with Trey Songs. So, uh-huh. I mean, how could, you, how could you get over it? I mean, you're looking at this guy, you turn on the radio, you know, it's ooh na na. <laughs> Look what we decided. <laughs> Why you gotta act so naughty? I mean, it's like you know, everywhere you go, <laughs> you know, you're hearing this guy's songs. You know, you turn on the TV, and you know, there he is. So it's kind of hard to put that shit out of your mind, you know. But anyway, um, so unfortunately, he um, he decided while on the phone with Floyd Mayweather, he was in FaceTime <laughs> with him. While doing this, he decided to kill his wife and then kill himself. <sighs> wow. I mean, oh I, don't my know, God. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say about that. You know, That's I mean, crazy. all I have to say is, um, 
first of all, suicide is, is horrible. It's hard. It's one of those things that when you get to a point where you are, you feel that there is nowhere, it's like being backed into a corner and there's nowhere else to go but through. Um, and And then when you feel that you have to take the person you love with you, you know, I mean, you know, kind of the, if I can't have you, nobody can. Um, we don't know the situation of their argument, but obviously it wasn't going well. Um, maybe it was a point of her saying, I can't take this anymore. You know, you're so jealous or whatever the situation, you can't get over this. Or, you know, I mean, if they got back together, then you would think that maybe, you know, she wasn't cheating at the time. I mean, otherwise she just would have stayed out of the marriage, you know, just like, you know, I don't want, I want a divorce or whatever. But anyway, that's, that's what's in the news. And, um, VH1, it came out to say, you know, the staff that they were very, of course, very sorry about what had happened. And the police are trying very hard to get in touch with, uh, Floyd Mayweather. Um, but he hasn't, uh, returned, or, you know, his lawyers haven't returned. I guess they're trying to formulate what he should be saying or making a statement or something. So I haven't heard anything yet. He's made a statement. But very sad. Very, very sad news. And speaking of suicide, um, Ray J. Oh, God. His girlfriend, who was, who was she, the ex of who was she the ex of who knows man <laughs> but she was the ex of somebody uh major um but anyway oh no no somebody no, major ex. no she, <laughs> yeah she was talking to or whatever um Karuchi tran and that chris brown's old uh girlfriend or whatever well current girlfriend current ex Current, current ex, ex, ex current, current ex former boo, <laughs> right? Ex current whatever girlfriend, and um, so it, they're claiming that when Ray J had decided to you know end things with her, <laughs> that she decided that she said I'm going to kill myself, and God. you know they just called her princess. If you watched. What was it the love and hip hop fucking um Hollywood you know who we're talking about her name is Princess or whatever uh Princess Love and um she was on the show as well but anyway um uh, said that she was going to kill herself I mean what is with these people I I don't know man I mean I'm I'm like this look if you if you want to kill yourself because of some man or a woman, for that matter, right? I, I have, I have no. You get no sympathy from me. I'm sorry. It's bad enough that suicide is like the last. That 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 is like the worst cop out in the world. But for you to do it over love, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Don't don't call me. I'm sorry. I'll pray for you. That's about it. There's nothing I can do about it at that point. Like, pray for me, but, you know, 
Dre has nothing for ya. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I mean, come on. I mean, Crystal, come on. Okay, I know you love me, okay? Just, you know, have mm-hmm. your <laughs> I know you do, but I'm just saying. But all of a sudden, I decide to take it upon myself to just, I don't know, just up and leave. Right. You're maybe out. Maybe you get an explanation. Maybe, maybe you don't. Uh-huh. Maybe I left you with a lot of money. Maybe I didn't. But the fact <laughs> is, I'm no longer there. Right. Now, is it that serious? I mean, okay, I'm not saying your love isn't genuine, which I'm sure mm-hmm. it is, otherwise you wouldn't have told me what, you know. But is it get to, is it get that bad to where the, you have to end your life, however you, you know, however you choose, whether it be blow to the head or speaking pills or jumping off a building or, you know, putting the, the, the hose into the car while the car is running with the stuff in the in the yeah, but I mean is it is it that have you gotten so much have you gotten so far into that other person yeah, yeah. where you've lost yourself totally really I know I know I mean you know okay first of all um <clears throat> depression is the, is really the disease. The disease is, is depression, and um, suicide is the terminal illness that comes out of that. And I I just feel that, you know, it, it is a very serious, uh, you know, topic and everything, definitely. And I, I feel for all of these, um, the family of, of Stephanie Mosley and the family of Earl Hayes, in, and I, I pray for them, and I... You know, I am very, very sorry that that this has happened to such young people who have their life ahead of them. We were just talking to, you know, young people earlier who are doing their thing and living their life. And I just hate to see, like, you know, this is the end of such a beautiful life, a beautiful, uh, both of them. You know, I just, I mean, I, I, it just saddens me. Suicide saddens me. Suicide is one of those things that is is close to my heart. And it saddens me when someone decides that that's you know the way they're gonna end their life. But but anyway, jeez. Uh, now you know, moving on to a topic that that came out. I think came out yesterday. Actually, I was listening to the radio regarding um, you know everything that's been going on regarding um, Ferguson and everything. Black sororities. AKA and the Deltas, the the two main sororities, and there's others, of course, but the two main sororities had came out to say that they would not allow their members, their sisters, to wear their um, letters, their Greek letters, while they protest in whatever protest they may be in. And um, and this was basically in Atlanta, Georgia, I think primarily, but they put out a letter to state that you know, no, you can wear the colors. I mean, how are you going to stop someone from wearing pink and green? I mean, how are you going to stop someone from wearing red and red and white? So, you know, that was like a non-statement as far as I'm concerned. But um, you can't wear the actual colors while, I mean, the letters while you're out there right? protesting. I mean, doesn't that sicken you? That sickens me. That pissed me All off right, when well, I heard I mean, I, okay, here's, and I, I looked at, I read up a little bit about that stuff, and, and I, I came to the conclusion that while 
the divine nine, which is all the first nine fraternities and sororities of you know eight, you know of predominantly black Greek letter organization. Right. When you put out something like that now, and and the premise behind these organizations anyway, right, is to promote our, you know unity within the black culture, especially since mm-hmm. most of them were in HBCUs anyway. And for True. them to say, wait, 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 you can't wear the actual letters themselves when you're protesting about whatever you're protesting against, which in this case happens to be mm-hmm. something that is affecting our community. I, right. I, I disagree with that because it's like, okay, come on, that's what you guys are there for. You took the pledge and went through all the crap and the hazing and whatnot and, and pledged and went over, as they say, to be able to make a difference in the community. But now we don't want you to do it because we don't want to be labelized or stigmatized because, you know, we don't want to be known as agitators or whatever. And it wasn't, <laughs> right. just, it wasn't all the letter organizations. It was just those two predominantly, which, you know, again, they're like the yeah. two bigger ones. Yeah. But, I mean, even still, I mean, now, like, okay, I think it's a little different if, like, when I was in the service, that's different. Mm-hmm. Because I'm representing the United States of America and I'm protesting this. Okay, this is an organization in a college. Okay, a little different. I personally don't agree with it. I think that they finally got it right and said, okay, I'm sorry, we were just kidding. Uh, you guys can do it if you want to, which I think was just basically to save face from a lot of well, the Well, it was to save face. And, it's, it's, and you remember, you have to remember, yeah, it's not just the college, it's the graduate chapters. These are grown people right. who are out, you know, who are still paying dues or, or whatever and fees. To be a part of the organization, um, just that they're now they're now out of uh, college. Um, all right, let's bring on Q. Q, what do you think about this topic? Hey, what's going on, y'all? Hey, what's yeah, going on? Now. How are you? I'm doing well. I think that uh, this is just just people protecting their brand, and we mm-hmm. take it too far. I agreed with Dre. Um, you know, you exist because you're supposed to make a difference in the community. And it's kind of a microcosm of society where I'm pretty sure if you ask anyone who decided to come up with this role, they support the protest and everything. However, they would rather keep people from doing what looks to be the right thing just so somewhere down the line when someone chooses to do the wrong thing, they don't have to deal mm-hmm. with them. Right. You know, right. so they were they were rather they would rather stop people from doing the right thing than have, you know, five months from now someone getting drunk with their letters on something. They're like, Well, you let them protest, how come I can't drink in my letters? You know, instead of just handling things by a case by case basis like yeah. smart people would do. And that's kind of what we see. I mean, how many times have we seen corporations or, you know, the NFL or anybody say, all right, rather than have people go overboard, we'll just cut it all out, you know, so that way we don't even have to police anything. I think it's stupid, and I think it comes off as hypocritical given the reason they exist in the first place. Right, and when, and when you have NBA players, you know Derrick Rose and Kobe and, and Jeremy Lin, for Christ's sake, 
wearing an I Can't Breathe t-shirt while they're warming up for a game, you know, and they're representing the National Basketball Association. Right. Which is an organization in itself, but it's a sports organization, but it's not essentially geared, not granted predominantly it's, you know, played by black men, but it's not a historically predominantly black organization. So and they, they can some do it. things by doing that. But they, they can care. do it. So I don't see why the AK, you know, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sword, you don't the data sword, you the Gamma Row, um Theta Five Beta Six, you know, Five Beta Six, any of these organizations, Divine Nine, I don't see why they can't be allowed to do it either. I mean, again, because, I mean, we're talking about something. We're not talking about, like, you know, protesting Enron or the bailout for the banks. I mean, this is like mm-hmm. this is something that really affects, directly affects the community that we all come from. Right. So, right. And it's just you would think the higher-ups would want to do that. What, what do you stand for? If you can't stand for this, what could you possibly stand for? I, I I mean that's like you know a firefighter refusing to wear his uniform to go talk about not starting fires. I mean it's ridiculous. It seems so counterproductive. I agree. Yeah, I think that what you know, um, and, and you're right, Q, and you know they were just protecting a brand. And 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 it what pains me, I think what as I was saying, what sickened me about it was the fact that they did this um, from, you know, not even just the history, but now you're talking about what you are uh, representing right now to the college um, kids that you're asking to be a part of your organization, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Is this what you represent? I think the NAACP kind of went through that kind of a, thought process as well um, in general. But what I find interesting is that a lot of not only, um, I know Nellie was out there, but a lot of the um, rappers or, or entertainers, black entertainers, period, were not are not being really being represented, not saying anything. I don't know if that's because they're saying the same kinds of things that the um, these sororities were thinking that no, we better not say anything. We don't want to be on the wrong side of this, or we don't want this coming back to bite us in the end, or we don't want to lose, you know, endorsements or whatever. Um, so they're basically staying out of it, you know. And I just, I just think that's ridiculous. I agree. Really, I mean, yeah. they should, they should be doing, if anything, they, they should be in the forefront along with the. You know the leaders, as a, you know, as it were, of the, of our community. They should be in the forefront. You had the leaders, and you have these organizations, and then you have like Jesse and and Al and everybody else in the back. But you know, mm-hmm. I mean, but they, like I said, they should be leading the charge, so to speak. Especially since some of these people are in influential positions in society anyway. Right. You know, yeah, these are your our educated. These are cream of the crop educated people, who um, who are making you know a statement in the world today through business and through their own thing, and I just think it's kind of messed up that they took this stance. Now they have come back, right, as you said, and they have backpedaled, 
and at least I know um, the AKAs, Alpha Kappa Alphas, have, you know, said, no, we need to change our minds. It's okay. You can go out and you can wear your your letters. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. We're just playing. My bad. <laughs> right. You can go. You can do it now. We're sorry. Um, we shouldn't have been so, you know, stupid. Uh, but I, that came from <laughs> Backlash. You know, that came from the backlash of, I know, the radio show I listen to every time I'm, I'm on my way home. Um, uh, you know, they talked a little bit about it, and they kind of went in on it. And I know that um, they were saying that some other celebrities and people were, um, you know, kind of bashing their point. So I think that's that's where it came from. But to me, the truth always begins with the first. Your initial reaction. Yep. So you initially said no. So whatever you do right. after that, to me, doesn't really mean anything because that was your gut reaction. That was your, and you know, as with anything, when it, when it comes to an organization, you don't just throw out a statement. Somebody sat down and and several people decided to make this decision mm-hmm. and put out this letter, and someone wrote it up. And someone presented it, and you know, so this is a process. Nothing just happens; it's a process. So the fact that through all that process, who's ever voiced that said, you know what? I don't think I think they should wear there. I think that whoever that was, it was like maybe one or two people, but who wasn't the strongest voice in the room, and that's the problem. And to me, it speaks to the problem of a lot of our our black success stories who don't um, stand up against. This is what we've been talking about for years, really, not just about Ferguson, but just about the fact that a lot of, you know, our blacks who are who are in position of positions of power don't stand for it. They have gotten comfortable. They say, I'm good. Now you go get yours. I got mine. You go get yours. Do what I did. And well, what did you do? Well, I went to college. Or I did this, or I invested in this. You do that, and you'll be fine. Thank you. Goodbye. Get away from my doorstep. You know, kind of a thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's like, really? But, yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> so that's, once again, my soapbox of tonight. I think it's my second one I, I stood on. Yeah, you got, one more, you got one more to go. I got one more? Okay. Let's yeah, talk one about more, One more soapbox. Let's talk about Jews, um, and and not really about Jews, but um, <laughs> let's I'm talk like, about Exodus. <laughs> no, let's get anti-Semitic Semitic right here. Uh, you, you're no. trying to get us killed, Blanca. Look, Blanca, we're sorry, American. We don't mind her. <laughs> let's talk about Exodus. Okay. Mm-hmm. The movie. Band. <laughs> not the actual. Oh, okay. All right, but the movie. Um. All right. There is a protest or some backlash going on regarding the movie. And if anyone has seen the preview of the movie, um, I bet you can figure out why there's an initial protest. Anyone want to venture a guess? No black people. Mm -hmm. No black people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, well, we already know same, why. I mean, we yeah, are. it's the same thing that happened, you know, with Elizabeth Taylor and all that. So, mm-hmm. any yep, comments yep, yep. Um, about 
this movie or the fact that there were no Africans or even Arabics that were portrayed in um, a story about Egypt and, you know, the exodus of of these people from this, this very, very black country. Well, like I said today, like I said earlier today, I I really think that wait, this is J.J. Abrams that did the producer, he's the director. No, that was Ridley I, Scott. Really? Okay, same thing. But um, no, no, I, I really, I really think that they're more focused on let's. They're not really concerned about biblical or cultural history, or accuracy yeah. for that matter. They're not. Yeah. I didn't see Noah, but I heard Noah was horrible. But um, and again, and I thought Noah and it biblical, was fantastic. <laughs> was it was it biblically or historically correct? Same no, thing with Exodus, God's and King. So no, I think not. because it's Ridley Scott, the guy who made yeah. Aliens, and 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 uh, I mean, look at Gladiator. You think Russell Crowe? I mean, this guy, Russell Crowe. His example, his character was from Spain, and he had a British accent. Go figure. You know, you know well, all the damn Romans in every movie have are Brits. So I mean, they're, they're well, never going to be historically Russell correct. Crow they should be is, Italian. Um, I think what is he Irish? I think he's Irish, isn't he? Well, uh, um, I don't know. I he's Australian. He's Australian. He's Australian. Yeah, yeah, Australian. So, but I mean, but the fact anyway, is, that yeah, it's yeah. not going to be historically correct. It's not going to be biblically correct because it's an it's a movie. It's an action movie, basically. Yeah, um, he's very, okay, first of all, he took on, and luckily for him, won. Uh, Well, no, it was J.J. Adrams, I'm sorry, I was going to give him the whole Star Trek thing. But Ridley, he's he's known for his work, and he's very good. But however, he has decided, I don't know what happened to him, but he decided, I'm just going to go through the Bible, I have nothing else to write about. So I'm going to go through the Bible, and I'm going to take these, these uh, stories out, and I'm just going to make them into what I want. And, um, and, and, and generally, I would say, hey, yeah, that sounds like a great idea, because actually they're interesting stories. However, not everybody's like me when it comes to the Bible. Right. Uh, so they're pretty, you know, they're pretty stern in, in the accuracy of it. So they, um, the, you know, people get a little upset. Now, even when I watched Noah, and you said it was crap, but it actually was very good. Um, if you take out the fact of the whole Christian thing, it was very good. You know, <laughs> just, take a, just forget about all that other stuff. But um, as a movie itself, it was actually good. Even, but even I had to pause though when there were rock people. I was like, so right. the angels came down and they hid in rocks. I don't, I don't understand. I don't get it. So right. I think he just wanted to use this um, rock kind of formation thing, and you know, he decided, hey, you know, I don't know if he was watching Never Ending Story or something, and decided, hey, that's a cool thing. So let me put <laughs> this in my movie. Um, and he tried to figure out how how will I do this? How would I put this in Noah? It has nothing to do with Noah. So he just, yeah. Um, he just kind of made that up, but it was um, so that was interesting. Now for Exodus, of course, we go. We, it's like being thrown back fifty years um, with Elizabeth Taylor and all that, and you know Cleopatra and and you know Ten Commandments and all. It's like, all right, back then you weren't allowing black people to do any damn thing. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> Now it's different. 
And there's so many artists out there who are actually have ethnicities like Arabic. And um, if you, you know, even if you didn't want to use actual Africans, even to me, the best movie of Exodus was Prince of Egypt, and that's a fucking animated right. movie. Right. To me, that that was the best one, and because they drew the 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 uh, people in it. As the accurate, they did, drew them very to me very accurate as far as color. I agree. Um, they use a lot of dark skin. Most of everybody in there were dark skinned and even Moses's wife that he ended up marrying was African. She had very dark skin, darker than mine. So I thought it was very you know accurate to that point. Anyway, I don't know if, you know what the naysayers of Christianity had to say about it, but I thought it was a very good. Good movie. It was, yeah. of course, animated, though. But well, I mean, and even still, you had to go back. I mean, if you want to, if you want to talk about the movies, I mean, even the Passion of the Christ, Jim uh, Caviezel. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not, I mean, I know he's, I know he's, I don't know what uh, where he's from as far as like culturally. I know he's American, but I mean, I don't know if what uh, nationality. I don't know what Caviezel. I don't know what neighbor that comes from Caviezel. Anyway. Um, I don't know. You know, that? I, I mean, if you if you're just going to be entertained, then yeah, go see it. But if you're looking for biblical and historical accuracy, you're gonna be upset. And I, and, I, and I see why a lot of people are because I mean, let's just say it. And and, and I, I think, okay, now I'm, I'm gonna go on a limb right here, way out on this limb. I think sometimes we're just we we're just a little too serious about it. It's a movie. Now, granted, it's a movie about a right, biblical yeah, character, a biblical movie. event, but it's really just a movie. Okay? Yeah. I can't, mm-hmm. I'm not, this movie is not going, I can't take this movie as accurate. I can go see it and probably might enjoy it just because of the CD and I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Ridley Scott as well as Christian Bale. But, yeah. as far as if I'm going to see it, for, if I, I'm not going to sit there and waste my time and dissect this movie. No. No way. It's not even worth the popcorn. But, you know, I mean, but a lot of people are up in arms about it, and I, I see their point because I think that, yeah, they sh- there are tons of actors and actresses all over the world, or actors, I'm sorry, actors all over the world, male and female, who look the part, who yeah. can, and, and are from these areas, who can play these parts. If they can do the Passion of the Christ in subtitles, I don't see why they they, they shouldn't be able to do Exodus, Gods, and Kings in subtitles with people speaking the native language. I mean, the list, well, list, I hope it. Yeah, I hate subtitles. But anyway, go ahead, Q. <laughs> I just think we. I agree with Dre that it's just a movie. Um, it, I think it. I think historical movies should be somewhat accurate, but um, when it's all said and done, it's just a movie. But let's just look at it for what it is. They have white people in the movie because they want people to watch it. Um, yeah. If you have, <laughs> you know, more than two black people and starring in anything, it becomes a yeah. black movie, and all of a sudden, you know, regardless Alan of what Perry you're talking it. about, uh, you know, it just becomes a movie that only black people will see and white people won't even bother to go out. So right. they have to do what they feel like they have to do to get people to go and see the movie. It's unfortunate, but uh, that's just how it works. My thing is, I don't know why as many black people that have money 
these days why they don't make their own depiction of things and maybe try to make something historically correct um, instead well, of just fussing about what white people are doing. I, well, the only reason true. I can that's think of true. because of that is because of the fact that we're too busy worried bling, about bling. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm just going to well, well, you know, get nothing against Tyler Perry, but mm-hmm. I mean, if, if we're not, if it's not a play, this off Medea, like off Broadway, off Medea, or mm-hmm. you know, or Medea herself, or a Tyler Perry movie, or a Tyler Perry life movie, or Why Did I Get Married Eight Times, or or the Best Man Bachelor Party's Wedding, stuff like that. I mean, <laughs> they don't want to do that. They would rather do stuff like that than actually put a historically correct movie out or historically accurate movie out. Did we rather see stuff like that? I, I mean, that's, that's just from my perspective. Well, you know yeah, what I. Agree. I I will say to that point, um, being a writer myself, I will say to that point, the old term is, if you don't like what you're seeing, then write it yourself. Um, Then put it out yourself. And the thing is, Tyler Perry, just like Spike Lee, put out um, works of art of um, their own creations out of who they were. And that's why I was kind of upset or in really disappointed with Spike Lee for even um, going off on Tyler Perry because Tyler Perry was putting out what he knew and had his vision and his from his perspective and his comedy and his you know his world of a woman who was very special to him and he made it into Medea, which all of us know we know this woman in many different forms. So, um, but that's his perspective. Spike Lee went a political route and put out movies and historical um you know non-fiction you know types of of movies and and um documentaries that were more political and more about, you know, the black struggle because that's where he was coming from. And um you know actually the the things that don't work are are the ones that um are just about romance. If you get a black romance, that probably won't work. <laughs> you know? Um, but if you are a writer or a producer and you're a new screenwriter and you're out there, and if, hey, if you can get in front of people who, who believe in you and believe in your dream, then go ahead and put out that story about, a black couple just fall in love and nothing happens to them. You know, they don't get, um, they haven't, she didn't, wasn't raped as a little girl by her father and had babies by him. And she um, was not, you know, and he did not sleep with his mother and kill all of his best friends. I mean, and, and spent time in prison. I mean, he was just a guy who saw a girl across the room and he fell in love. You know, I mean, that, many people watch it, but they don't watch it as a black kidding. person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I mean, but it they happens all the time. Like that. That's why things like When Harry Met Sally, which is a very simple story about pe- two people who fall in love. Um, the Notebook. Right, The Notebook. The These notebook. things are not Hope just flows, The Fault in Our Stars. I mean, they're you, not just God. watched by white people. What about <laughs> Poetic Justice? 
Okay. Also, I I'm sorry. I have to uh, edit my what I just said. Good writing. <laughs> um, you know, but even with that movie, with even with Poetic Justice, thank you for even mentioning that. But even with that movie, it still had a brother in it who was um a gangster. Okay, so <sighs> something that just just regular shit every day you meet and it happens or someone who goes to work and they're not a crazy psycho bitch they're just a woman who goes to work and decides i want to get a promotion i mean whatever it's not this whole crazy thing and i find and what turns me off a lot of times about a lot of black movies is that so much is going on in the movie there's like a million people in the movie um there's like it's too too crowded you know in subject matter there's too much going on in this person's life and there's the tragedy is just ridiculous i just can't watch like precious i couldn't watch that movie more than once i it had i had a hard time even watching it the first time and then when it was done i, I there was no way i even wanted to turn it on ever the fuck again nor that i even want to talk about it it was a horrible horrible movie and i did not this? like it precious that was a horrible movie. And that to me is like the extreme of black movies, but a lot of black movies are like that. They have this horrible, horrific thing that happens in every single person's life. It's like, oh my God. I mean, I've been through some shit, but damn. Spread that shit out. You couldn't spread that out into several books. You could have did a whole, you know what I'm saying? Oh my God! Precious and then not so precious. <laughs> I mean, it's but like I, I got to I mean, put every single trauma that's happened to me in one fucking movie. Why? <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I mean, it would be kind of, it would be cool to actually have an actual black love story that does not does not that does not have drama involved in it to get it to that point. Well, I mean, that's all the best man was. I mean, well, in a good, way, but it was a good movie. People in it. I was, you know, but it was one of those types of movies where you have, you know, it's just a comedy. Yeah, but we're, we're either doing something like that or we're doing biopics about The Express or Jackie Robinson or Malcolm X or, you know, Selma, which, I mean, again, not saying this shouldn't be made. Movies, I mean, I'm going to go see Selma. I think it's probably going to be a little more historically accurate than the other one. But at the same time, I think that if somebody can actually have the talent or the gumption or, or the fortitude or the nerve, gall, balls, mm-hmm. whatever, to get a script, write it. And it's probably somebody out there already right now doing it. But oh, yeah. Of a true love story with, with just us in it. No drama, just everyday life when Tyrone met Laquisha. You know what I mean? Oh, so God. Can we have just marionette trolls? I'm just throwing out names. Just throwing out names. Just throwing out names. Just throwing out names. All right? So I wanted to, I wanted to differentiate between, between, you know, from when Harry met Sal. I'm just saying. Right. But same concept, just those different names out there make it make those love interests black people that have normal relationship issues, not about baby mama drama or who's got bad credit or whatever, who's unemployed or, you know, anything that we stereotypically go through. 
You what were you what saying? saying? I mean, this... What were you What were you saying, Q? You were trying to make a comment. Uh, not really, but I was just thinking about um, uh, what's the movie you uh, recommended for me with Lawrence Tate and Neil Long? Uh, oh, uh, Love Jones. Yeah. Love Jones. Love Jones. Yeah, okay. that's 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 that is one, definitely. Love Jones. Uh, yeah, it really didn't have a black feel to it. You know, right. it, it just felt like it was just, you know, you could have had an all-white cast and still had the same movie. And uh, so I, I think that's one of a few examples. Now, I don't know how well it did at the box office back in the day. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure they made money, but I, I know it wasn't a blockbuster to my knowledge. Um, no. Now, I never anyway, saw Love and Basketball and all that stuff, and people talk about it. but um, Love and Basketball I, was kind of that type of movie as well. Okay. You know, that didn't have a lot of other stuff. just need to, to do it. You you have people yeah. who have the money and the backings to just do it. And if enough people do it, people will start watching it, just like we did with some of these drama shows. I mean, right. after one person did it and everybody else started doing it and everyone felt like, well, this is what we need to watch. It's, it's just like Top 40 Radio. You, you think a song is your favorite song, but it's really your favorite song because it's all you hear. So right. I think if, exactly. if enough people do it, then, you know, we'll get back to good writing and appreciating actors without picking so much of color. Just have a storyline that, you know, you can insert any race and still get the same story. Yeah. That's true. And let's see, what was another movie like that sprung? Another black, you know, quote-unquote movie that was not necessarily no one died in the movie. It was just a romantic movie. Um, <laughs> no one died. Did no one die in this one? No one died. No one had all these horrible things that was happening to them. It was just a movie, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so they they are out there. They're probably straight to DVD, or you never heard of them. Um, you know, yep. you um, you hear about them by word of mouth, as opposed you to, too. or they're one of those things that you hear about, and you know, someone like me goes, "What? You never saw that? What the hell is wrong with you?" So, uh, <laughs> you know, those kinds of things. Just, you know, you you're not black if you haven't heard, you haven't saw this movie. So, um, heard that from you, you know. before. Yeah, that that was probably me. So yeah, so <laughs> I don't know. I I just um with what whatever is going on out there. And oh, and speaking of of that type of thing, what's what's the new series that's out now? Um, Blackish. Never I, saw it. I had never saw it either until last night. I was sitting down and I was I was flipping or whatever, getting ready to go to bed, and I it was on. And I just sat there, and I was watching, and I was like, oh, my God, this is actually pretty funny and pretty good. And it's not necessarily – it has some black, you know, like they make connotations to different things that it's, you know, obviously it's, you know, they're talking about black and white issues or just black issues or whatever. But it's not um, – it's light. <laughs> it's It's, you know, it's not even – you know, good times. Is that just basic? And, and to me, it's it's even it's a, I guess a modern day Cosby Show without the Cosby Show. You know, I guess the best way I can without, without it without it being so ridiculously ridiculously fantasy crap. 
you know, they're more down to earth. And so, and they have flaws, especially, well, now. Yeah. Oh, you mean Blackish ruins it for you? Well, it doesn't ruin it for me, but, I mean, the reason the ratings aren't better is because you have some people who see the title and say, oh, I'm not liking this. Well, you know what? they're, They're thinking Meet the Browns or something, probably. Actually, I hadn't seen it. Uh, a coworker of mine, who is white, very white actually, <laughs> she asked me if I had very if white. I was wow. watching it because we. Well, I say very white because she's you know she's not like you know the new white or whatever who are very down. Um, no, she's like just a regular white person, and um, she, <laughs> you know. Um, she told me to watch it. She said, watch it, because it's, it's hilarious. She watches that, and she watches the middle. I don't know which one comes on first. But, you know, she watches both of them, and she just thinks that they're both hilarious, and she likes them both. And I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll sit down and I'll watch it, you know, because I've been hearing good things about it, but I just haven't. It's so much crap that's on. <laughs> You're like, geez. But, um, but yeah, it, it actually was pretty good. So yeah. I will probably watch it again so it's a, to me it's a well-written show um i've only seen the pilot but i watched the pilot this this summer there i took these surveys online now and then mm-hmm. and one of the surveys sent me um the pilot to watch and then i had to answer questions about it and oh, okay. one of the things they asked was about the title and i oh, said okay. that i didn't like the title because they had three titles and black is just was the one they were going with, but they asked about the other two. And um, the other two had nothing to do with race, and I picked one of the other two, and they asked me why. And I said, because if you name it blackish, then (laughs) white people aren't going to necessarily tune in intentionally, you know. Right. Obviously, I was probably one of the few who felt that way because that's what they ended up naming it. That's what they named um, it, and it's obviously not deterring them because they're watching it, so... So, yeah, yeah maybe they're bigger, watching though. it because of that. You know, maybe they're watching it because. Well, it of comes on fact. after Modern Family, so that helps the lead in. But right. um, I just think if the name was a normal name, people would tune in, not knowing, and would be pleasantly surprised. So, I, I just think that it could have been bigger. Just like Black Planet could have been bigger. Could have been Black, the first Facebook. Black, Black <laughs> Planet. <laughs> it was just called Planet. <laughs> They still have that. They have black people meet. They have the the whole Jewish. What's it? I forgot what it's called. Black planet still exists. Yes. Are you serious? Black planet dot com or whatever. Just go and Google it or something. But yeah, it's Mm -hmm. it's still very much alive. That's crazy. That's crazy. Black Planet, look, because I remember, I remember the days trying to get the chat room, the chat room going like a thousand miles an hour, you couldn't keep up. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Well, it's been a very, very full show, and um, just want to kind of give you guys an idea of where we're headed. Um. First of all, next week is going to be our Christmas show. It's going to be t- we're going to be talking about all things Christmas, and um, we're going to talk about you know 
breaking up during Christmas. Should we or should we not? We're going to talk about um, people being lonely at Christmas, not having families or, um, you know, the whole commercialism of Christmas and where the hell is Jesus and who the hell is Santa. And we're going to talk about all that kind of stuff. And um, it should be interesting. It should be fun. So please uh, tune in live to discuss it with us. Uh, we are, um, Dre and I are going to get together and we are going to do our year in review. Um, we're going to air that on Christmas Day. So that is an excuse to get away from your horrible family and or <laughs> your earphones and tune them out and, <laughs> as they're, you know, cutting the ham or, you know, bringing out the roast beast and, you know, and just... The roast beast. <laughs> just, you know, <laughs> listen to the Crystal Show because we'll be on. And um, we'll be on early because it'll be a pre-recorded show and we are just going to... So it'll be on early enough in the day that you can just listen to it and you don't have to listen to it while, you know, your your mom or your husband or your kids are yelling at you about something. So um, well, they're play- while they're playing the Xbox and the, and all that other stuff, you go listen to the show. How's that? Call it right. Exactly. When you're looking at your money that has flown out the window and you're thinking about January and the bills are coming in, um, listen to the show. <laughs> yeah, just try, when you get when you open up a sign that you get an iPad Air, iPad Air two for Christmas. Hey, go to the Crystal Show, test it out, see how it works, do that Wi-Fi. Right. Exactly. See? He's thinking. Go to thecrystalshow.com. <laughs> right. And, um, of course, we'll still have the Weekender Show. And the, this weekend, I'm just going to be doing uh, old school. We're going to get into the mood of family coming back and we're in, getting together with family. So we're just going to do nice old school tunes uh we're also going to do after that we're going to do um next weekend is just going to of course be all christmas songs so that you can play over and over again and all the old school soul christmas songs and and maybe even some stuff that we may um you know pick out and say what is our favorite songs we'll talk about that next week as well so um everybody thanks so much for tuning in um thank you q for uh coming on to the show and um, hanging out with us, we really appreciate it. So Thanks everybody, everybody have a great weekend. Of course, oh, thanks to our guests. I'm sorry, I almost forgot. Thanks to our guest, uh, Jay Metro, um, who has a great song called Bodyguard and um, a wonderful song called Frosty. Check him out on Twitter and on YouTube. Um, check out um, Ruben Wood, who is the owner of um, his magazine which is s-o-m or spaced out magazine and like i said he's doing big things and um our other guest that was on uh the show tonight which is big biz um the mc from uh, memphis so check him out everything will be on the site you can look at our site here and you can um Go and Twitter them and and buy their music and download and enjoy. And as always, we appreciate you coming on to The Crystal Show and enjoying us tonight. And we will check you next time. So, peace. Two fingers. See ya. (laughs) Peace.